This week's episode is going to leave you frustrated, curious, and put you on a long list of people who are speculating how a family could just disappear, but not without a trace. Some evidence is there to put the pieces together, but the puzzle is still not complete. Every detail about this case proves to be crucial for investigators to try and figure out what happened to the Jameson family. We are your hosts, Sherry Ferreira and Helen Allen. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. The Jameson family lived in Eufaula, Oklahoma in 2009. During the 2010 census, the population was around 2,800, so it's safe to say that it was a small town. Okay. The family consisted of the father, Bobby Dale, who was 44, and mother, Sherilyn Leanne, who was 40. And together, they had Madison Stormy Starr, who was six at the time. These people can't just, like, have one name. No. Three. Three they max. Need two minimum. <laughs> Three max. Oh, and that's the limit. I love it. I love the drama of, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love the drama of having three names. Oh, and, my And, like, God. none of them are your last name. At all. <laughs> all first names. There's nothing, obviously, like, you know, names these days are crazy as hell anyway. Uh, but, like, there is nothing like saying a three-parter name. Right? It just adds an air when you walk in the room. It does. My name is this, this, and this. And don't forget it. Right. Bobby and Sherilyn were unemployed because of disabilities and were getting disability checks. Bobby was suffering from chronic back pain from a huge car accident in 2003, and I couldn't find why Sherilyn was receiving disability, Okay, but I did find a lot of information from the disappeared episode about the family that I couldn't really find anywhere else, so it was a big help. This includes the fact that Sherilyn had bipolar disorder. Okay. Now, it's unclear if she was on medication or if she was on and off, but we know that she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and the family was okay. Okay, got it. That is until they started acting a little strange. Let me elaborate. I'm going to need you to. Yeah, I will. Of course, of course. Well, for one, Bobby had been going to see his pastor, Gary Brandon, about some spirits he believed to be living in the home. Can you believe that my ass was like, spirits like liquor? Oh my God. I'm like, yeah, I got some spirits living in my home too. But they help me. You want a cocktail? Oh my God. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, for Bobby, he was worried that four to six spirits were in the house and that they were not leaving. Mm. He had also told his pastor that he was reading from a satanic Bible and needed special bullets that would shoot spirits. So, okay. I'm just going to let you keep going. Yeah, let it marinate. And you know what? (laughs) We're going to take you on this ride with us. Yeah. Around this time, Sherilyn also started acting a bit weird. Like, one day she went on a drive with her mother, Connie Cacotten, Cacotten, to Oklahoma City. Then, at one point, Sherilyn pulled the car over and just told her mom to get out of the car. At this time, Sherilyn had also been frustrated with Bobby. She had wrote an 11-page long note addressed to him detailing how she felt, and she even called him a hermit. 
Okay. So, when you say addressed to him, do you just mean, like, his name was on it? Or do you mean they weren't living together and she had to mail it to him? Living together and she was specifically talking to him. Got it, Like, got airing it. Okay, out okay. all her grievances and such. But, of course, we don't know the whole picture. Mm-hmm. I think what might be an explanation for this is the stress of the impending battle Bobby was having with his father, Bob Dean Jameson. In June of 2009, Bobby filed a protective order against his father because he had, quote, threatened to kill him and his family on two separate occasions. Oh, God. One too many, one would think, no? I think two too many. Exactly, it's a little too too many, exactly. (laughs) The order says that his father was heavily involved with drugs, prostitutes, and gangs. It is noted that he was a very dangerous man who thinks he is above the law. And... Bobby details all of this in his statement and adds that his entire family is in fear for their lives. Wow. On top of that, Bobby was in the process of suing his father. Listen to this. Okay. Bobby's attorneys say that, quote, Bobby Dean Jameson enticed Bobby Jameson, so his son, to work for free at a gas station in Oklahoma City for numerous years without any compensation. What are we using enticed here for? Huh? <laughs> like... <laughs> He baited him. <laughs> he was like, come work for free. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. Is he a cat with a toy? I don't... I don't know. I've enticed him? I honestly think they're just trying to punch what a bizarre in that... Word. Yeah. They're anyway. definitely trying to... They have their own agenda. Yeah. But this was all done with the understanding that the station would be half of his when he was older. And mm, clearly that... Enticing. <laughs> Clearly that had not happened and Bobby wanted what he was owed. All of these small instances or weird blips are seemingly nothing to worry about in the grand scheme of things. Okay. But as you guys will find out, nothing about this case is what it seems. I'm like, oh, I'll take your word for it, but I feel like you should worry about your dad just saying he wants to kill you. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Get a protective order. I don't know. My dad never said that to me. So, but you know, teach their own. This all brings us to October 8th. According to a witness who lived in the Sand Boys Mountains in Red Oak, which was basically just in the middle of the woods with some mountains along it. Okay. He saw the Jamesons looking at some land. And it's true. The family was looking to move away from Eufaula and buy a 40-acre plot of land in Red Oak. Wow. Right? This was about 30 miles away from where they live now. They were planning on living in a storage container that they had already had at their home in Eufaula. Okay. I just want to talk about the fact that they want to buy 40 acres, and then they want to just live in a storage container. That sounds like 39 acres too many. Very. (laughs) I mean, like... For just a storage container? Yeah. Why would you You ever see Dexter? No. They're not that big. (laughs) They're not that big. You don't need 40 acres for it. Very strange. And so this storage container is just chilling on their land back at home, and they wanted to move in it. Okay. The witness told Israel Beechamp, the then sheriff, that he never saw the family after that, nor did he see anyone else go up or come down the mountain. That was the last day anyone had seen the Jameson family. Okay, so he saw them go up the mountain to go look at some land, um, but did he ever see them go down, or is he saying he saw them, but then he, like, maybe he left, and he never really saw if they did go down or not? 
What do you think? I think he just saw them there, and at one point they weren't there. I don't really think he stayed and watched, but he also made sure to note that there wasn't anyone else there. And right. I think if he lived there long enough, he would be sort of wary of people coming up near his property. Yeah. You know? It's, if it's like a secluded-ish area, you notice when there are people. Exactly. You're like, what, yeah. what was that Brussels in the leaves? Literally. Was happen? that a squirrel or a human? Exactly. Just eight days later, hunters discovered an abandoned truck on a dirt road near the mountains. As they approach the car, they see that it's locked and inside is a dog. <gasps> I couldn't find exactly what prompted them to call the police to report it. I would have. But, exactly, my thought was it was I the dog. I don't care at all, yeah. I see a dog in anyone's car and I don't see a person, I am calling the police. Of course. And there is a happy ending, so oh, stay God. with me. I was about to be like, Sherry, I gotta go. Yeah. I don't, I don't fuck around <laughs> with dogs. You're gonna clock out. No. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. The hunters do call police and when officers arrive, they identify the truck as belonging to the Jamesons. Okay. And at this point, none of their family members had reported them missing. Apparently, the Jameson family would disappear for days at a time and would go on trips unexpectedly. Did they have family besides the father? Yeah, so they both of their fathers and mothers were living at the time, so... Okay, so they're all in the picture. Exactly. Okay, because I was like, well, I mean, that dad did threaten to kill him. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if he, he would have reported report him missing. <laughs> exactly. He's like, oh, good riddance. Right. <laughs> Inside the truck, they find Bobby's wallet, Sherilyn's purse and jacket, their GPS, Bobby's cell phone, and $32,000 in cash. Oh, Keep that with you. Empty pill bottles and, like I said, their pet dog, Maisie. Now, Maisie was malnourished, but she is still alive. And as of 2018, she is living with Bobby's mother. Okay. Okay. I hope she... So, everyone? Maisie! Yay, Maisie! Little Maisie! She was adorable. Maisie. Investigators also find pictures on Bobby's phone of Madison that were speculated to have been taken a day before they disappeared. Hmm. And I say speculated, but I'm pretty sure they just looked at the timestamp. Yeah, like it's a cell phone now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2009, not that far off. Yeah. So they're able to put the pieces together. Also in the car is the 11-page note Sherilyn wrote to Bobby. Oh my gosh, she wrote it? Yeah. Sherilyn. It's... Then just say it, girl. 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 I know. All these items prove to be incredibly strange for investigators just looking at it for face value. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely. There's no sign of a struggle and essentially everything that they would need to go somewhere else, like a walk or to explore, was left in the car. Right. I mean, I know it's 2009, but like, who goes anywhere without their phone? Exactly. And like, especially if he was taking pictures of his daughter on his phone... Then they're going to go look at this property. Wouldn't he take his phone with him to take pictures of the property? Exactly. And that's exactly what I was thinking when I was researching this. I was like, this could only mean that they were either, that they were planning on returning to the truck. But that theory only works if we assume that they left voluntarily. Right. I mean, I would hope if they didn't leave voluntarily that maybe one of them would be able to, like, grab a cell phone quickly. But also we cannot picture the situation yet so okay let's yep. let's keep going i'm and, hooked <laughs> investigators turn to the gps they found in the car and try to pinpoint where they had gone 
The GPS's history shows that the Jamesons were coming from the direction of a nearby hill and then stopped at the location where the hunters found the truck. Okay. This set investigators to obviously go and check out the other location where they discovered footprints. Whose footprints? <laughs> they track it to the location of where that picture of Madison was taken, mm. but couldn't find any other evidence. Okay. The very next day, a search party was made up about... 300 volunteers. They went all out with police dogs, helicopters, mules, and horses. <laughs> Have you ever even seen a mule? Let alone, would you see one dressed up as like a police My mule? closest reference to a mule is Donkey from Shrek, and I don't even think that's accurate. Don't get it. was Donkey. <laughs> oh. And in the morning, I'm, I'm making waffles. <laughs> but with all these extra hands and four-legged creatures, they weren't able to find any signs of the family. Oh, wow. With the search turning up no new evidence, investigators focused their efforts at home. They were able... I'm sorry. I just can't stop picturing this mule, a police (laughs) mule, searching, and he's just thinking in his head, and in the morning, I'm I'm making waffles. (laughs) Because he's like, this. Literally. I mean, I don't know how they do things in Oklahoma, but very, very cool. It's very cool. I love it. I like it. it. I love it's this. So I love this energy that they're putting awesome out. <laughs> exactly. They were able to uncover security footage from outside the Jameson home the day they disappeared. Oh. Yeah. Okay. The camera shows the family making multiple trips from the home and to the car. They were packing a bunch of items into the car. Beauchamp described their movements as trance-like. It seemed very methodical to me in the way that they were moving. Trance like, like as if they were drugged or something. Yes. Okay. So Beauchamp later hired an expert to look at the footage, and they said the only explanation that could be for them moving in this manner was that they were on some type of drug. Okay, but I mean, I know that the footage is old, and like there's a chance that the release footage is not the full video of what happened that day or whatever, but. I'm kind of questioning if maybe they had, like, a set plan in mind because, like, what were they packing? And, like, it was clearly enough to, like, they had me multiple trips or whatever. So, like, why? I, I mean, it feels like it was a planned trip. I, I understand that it was trance-like and whatever when they were packing, which means maybe they were on drugs. But also it feels, like, methodical in a way. Exactly. And if you guys go and watch the video, you can Google it or we'll link it down below. It's literally just on YouTube. You can see that their movements are almost stoic. They're not okay. scrambling for anything. They're going inside, getting something, coming back, and packing it. So I agree. It does look very methodical. Like, they had a set plan in mind before leaving the home. So... My question now is, like, what could be the argument here? Like, we're saying their movements were trance. Like, what do we think that means, you know? I'm thinking it means that they were on some type of drug. And actually, in the disappeared episode that I mentioned, it states that the most common drug in that area was methamphetamine. So, what about the daughter? Was she helping pack it? Mm. 
in the footage it doesn't show her. I'm assuming okay. maybe she was still in the home or in her car seat or Well yeah, no kid is six. like really that active in helping or parents are like, just get in the car, you're not gonna be much help, it's gonna be a nuisance. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I could understand her just like being in the car or being in the house until it's time to go, but that was my question is like how is she behaving? Because exactly. if they are trans like, what would her movements look like? Oh, it would be so telling. And I wish we did have more, but even in the footage that they did release, it seems almost incomplete. Mm-hmm. But from what we do have, it does look very interesting. Okay. The footage also shows instances of the family just stopping in the middle of what they are doing and just staring at each other. And Oh, wow. That's weird. I know. Crazy. It was noted a lot in different sources that I looked at. And I attributed it to either they're talking to each other or they really are just stopping and staring at each other i mean you see their mouths no the quality is very much not hd very much not hd girl yeah it's okay (laughs) but it was something they definitely noted okay it also shows sherilyn packing a brown briefcase into the truck that would later turn up missing along with her 22 caliber gun oh yes this kind of shook things up for me and Another thing that they mentioned in the Disappeared episode was that the gun was kept mostly in the car. So for it to have been missing when they looked at it, like when they examined the truck and found it abandoned, was very strange. Right. So they either disposed of it somewhere, someone else disposed of it somewhere. Exactly. That's what my mind led. A million different possibilities, though. Yeah, yeah. After talking to Sherilyn's family, they find out that the camera was initially put up because of their fear of Bobby's dad. Okay. So I thought that was definitely worth mentioning. Okay. Yeah, sure. But with no sign of the family and no suspects, the case goes cold. For four years, everyone is left wondering what happened to the Jamesons, and a lot of people speculated the family had even faked their own death or were murdered. Okay. This was, of course, fueled by that $32,000 in cash Mm -hmm. that was found in the truck. It really sent people into a spin. Like, they couldn't wrap their heads around it. It was perplexing. Yeah, because what would make someone want to fake their own death but leave $32,000? I mean, unless you are a billionaire. Oh. Like, or millionaire, I guess. But, like, the thing is, like, $32,000, as much as it's, like, going to be helpful to the ploy of, like, oh, I'm dead and I didn't take this with me, it's, like, maybe you need that if you're not actually dead. Exactly. So, that's what I can't, I can't wrap my head around faking the death, because it's just, like, they probably wouldn't have, of all the things to frame your own death, you don't need to do it with the money. Yeah. You really don't. And that's what people are thinking. Everyone's head is still spinning until November 16th, 2013. Hunters, apparently hunters are finding everything these days. I know. Let me tell you. Just give they them are a just give them a, a salary and just... a day. I was like, more hunters? Really? But I mean, maybe what we need in 2021 is a police right? reform. And With we just have hunters. hunters take their place. Right. I love it. I mean, they're doing the they're doing the damn thing. Like defund the police, but fund hunters. hunters. <laughs> Just kidding. Honestly, I don't really love hunting, so I don't. It's okay. I'm not against it, and I'm not for it. But listen, I have no opinion on hunting. For this case, but the, fund the hunters on this case. For this case, the hunters were putting in that work. You Simply really said did. they deserve all of the credit. Good. 
They found partial skeletal remains of three skeletons. Wow. Two adults and one that was definitely smaller and looked to have belonged to a child. Or looked to have been a child. Okay. So how old was she again? She was six. Okay, so it should be clear that it was a child. Yeah, of course. They're like, it looked to have been a child. It's like, well, that's not an adult, so... (laughs) We're gonna assume it's a child. It's a child. Exactly. And can you can you just guess where these remains were found? Give your best guess. In the truck. The- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Close. What? They were, listen. They were found less than three miles away from where the truck was abandoned. It was in the... S- okay. Um, 300 people showed up for that search and not one of them could search three miles away of the truck. It honestly is what boggles investigators' mind too and what boggled mine because... I'm like, you guys are all there. Even if it was buried, you have mules, you have horses. Did one oh, of them not? Oh, but but this is four years later. Could the remains oh. have been moved? That's a possibility. I honestly had not considered until we started recording. But that is very true. I mean, in all that time, the bodies could maybe have been they, moved when they when they searched it. The bodies weren't there. But then maybe someone knowing that they already had searched it put the bodies there. That's true. And, like I said, it was in the same wooded area that they had searched four years ago. Mm-hmm. And investigators got to work and searched the entire area. Like they should have. Right. This time, they found shoes, pieces of clothing. Listen, stop. It's stop. It's never been there Breathe. before. I'm just wondering why they didn't Breathe. find it initially. And, you know, <laughs> who am I, right? Because, like, one of my socks goes missing and it's gone forever. So, I don't... I, I cannot blame anyone for not finding what they want to find, but... Right, but it just seems like if there was a search party of 300 people, hopefully you'd find it, or, like you said, it was placed there after the fact. I hope it's not, like, 300 of me, you know? I hope (laughs) there are 300 more intelligent people than me. Right. But also, I hope they searched even after that 300 people searched, too. I don't know. So they found, okay, so what would you say? They found shoes, pieces of clothing. What else did they find? They found teeth and several bone fragments, all tested and matched to be the Jameson family. They had found Bobby Dale, Sherilyn Leanne, and Madison Stormy Star's remains. The Oklahoma State Medical Examiner Joshua Lanter examined the partial remains and said that although there was no evidence of trauma, it couldn't be fully ruled out because of the incomplete remains. He didn't mm-hmm. have all the pieces. Right. Lanter also noticed that there was posthumous... Posthumous. D- posthumous. I... I <laughs> we're going to keep this in. Because before I was researching, I literally looked up how to pronounce posthumous. <laughs> well, don't worry. I used to say posthumous. Um, that's... <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Comfort. Comfort. Yeah, it's okay. There was posthumous damage by animals, and Bobby's skull showed signs of trauma from a small hole, but the possibility of it being from a gunshot was ruled out. Okay, so small hole, like a, how small are we talking? Like a knife or like a... I'm not sure, but it was enough to show that there was signs of trauma there, and they couldn't match it up to a gun. Okay. Which... Of course, so, makes me wonder, what was it? What was that right. hole? So maybe smaller than, like, what a bullet would do. Yeah. Interesting. Lanter says that the death definitely occurred under suspicious circumstances and found that the cause of death is unknown. Okay. 
If you recall, Israel Beechamp. 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 You're the one who Beechamp. told me how to pronounce it. I know. It. It's okay. Beechamp. Beechamp. Uh-huh. Was the sheriff at the time and says he found no signs of the Jamesons being in, quote, any trouble or looking to start a new life. At this point in the investigation, signs are pointing to foul play, but they're not completely ruling out other options. The investigators are really focused on that pile of cash, though. I mean, how could they not? The missing gun and really looking for anyone who would have a motive to commit this crime. Right. After reviewing this mountain of evidence, police really focus on gathering statements from their family and friends about what they know of the Jamesons. Mm -hmm. Who are they? Where do they go? Where do they come from? What's a Jameson? Sherilyn's... <laughs> Edit that out. No, keep it. Uh. Sherilyn's mom says she has no idea why they would have that much money in their possession. And everyone else agreed it right. was not in their it's nature. It's a weird amount to have in cash. Exactly. Were they going to go pay for a year of her college in advance? Right. I don't oh. Planners. Planners, thinkers, movers, That's and why shakers. they looked like they were in trance. Because it's like, right. there was, it was so calculated. <laughs> Anyway. I love that idea. No, no, no. But even with the settlement Bobby got from his car accident back in 2003, mm-hmm. it would not have amount, amounted to the $32,000 in cash that was in the truck. So, were we calling into question if the $32,000 is theirs or not? We're calling into question just exactly how they got it, considering they're on disability checks. Right. And have this two-story nice house in Oklahoma. I mean... To me, I don't know how they could just have that readily available. Yeah. No, definitely. Especially in cash, it's not like you could just take money out in cash and just All be like, at oh, once. good to go. Exactly. It would yeah. seem as if they were taking out small instances of that. I know, I mean, I know a lot so of banks have limits. did they look at their bank records at all? I didn't find anything that showed that they looked into it. It just... Speaks about the money in itself. Okay. Yeah. Of it coming up instantly and out of nowhere. Okay. Sherilyn's mom says they, quote, would never let anything happen to Madison unless something had been done to them. She is very much of the belief that they were murdered, and she even lived with the family for some time, so I think that either speaks to how credible her statement is or maybe how skewed it could be for, unfortunately, you know? No, definitely, but I also think, like, no matter how much you love your own child, you love your grandchild more, and... Because you want your child to do right by your grandchild. So there's this, like, protective instinct in you that is almost greater than it is with your adult child. So I would think if she is saying that they would never let Madison be harmed, I feel like we should give her credit. Like, that's credible. You know what I mean? As a grandmother, it's like you never want anything to happen to your grandchild. And if you have any inkling that something could have happened... You're going to out it. Yeah. I feel like you'd step in right away. So and her saying, like, I don't think they would have put her in danger, I almost feel like that's pretty credible. Yeah. And that's something I honestly hadn't considered until now, because that is a good point that you bring up, that you would step in indefinitely for your grandchild. Yeah. I mean, I know. Our, yeah. Our parents would. would if I cut it if up. I was not right to my child. Oh, my God. My mom would straight up <laughs> me up. Right. Both of our moms just, together. She would have. I'd be done for. Right. I'd be done. She'd call DCF on me. me. <laughs> she really would. She would get a job as DCF. She, as so she could be she my ass herself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
that was Sherilyn's mom testament, just how the family was. And as of 2021, that's really all we know. Investigators have looked at every possible theory, and so has the world, really. I mean, this case is notorious for being so frustrating. And with that comes a lot of theories. Want to get into it? Let's get into it. Okay. One theory claims the family got lost in the woods and died of natural causes. It's saying that the family basically died of hypothermia and exposure to the elements, which is not too crazy because there was reported heavy rainfall that they the day that they disappeared. Okay, but that doesn't explain the money. So At all. I'm just, like, not sold. Well, I have another one for you. Okay. The next theory is one that I am sort of stuck on and is that Bobby and Sherilyn were drug dealers. Okay. Hear me out. A lot of other people are stuck in this theory, too, because of the large sum of money they had in cash. I cannot mm-hmm. emphasize it enough. I mean... In cash, yeah, it's freaky. When investigators saw it, it really sent them from something terrible happened to them to maybe they could have done the something terrible. Okay. They were also acting very strangely in the months leading up to their disappearance, like I mentioned before, and people believe it was a drug deal gone bad because the family was dealing with financial troubles. Mm-hmm. But again, why leave the bag of cash behind then? Right, because even if it was a drug deal gone bad and maybe one of their clients killed them, the client would have taken the money. And I love how you're calling them clients. <laughs> Because they were business people. I'm a professional. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> but right? Like they... I agree. They would have taken the money if the whole issue was money. Any sane person. Unless it was a drug deal gone bad, but not because of money. Which is another branch off of this theory, really. Right. Because that is true, you know? Cause like not- it could just be a personal debate that... And not all people who use drugs are in such a financial strain, exactly. you know? I mean... Some of them use it just... just be someone who doesn't have money problems that got pissed at them. After viewing the footage, police agree that this cannot be ruled out. Um, Like I said before, Sheriff Beauchamp... Beauchamp. Beauchamp, thank you. I'm keeping all of these in. (laughs) Hired an expert to view the footage, and they said that the only explanation was drugs. And of course, that's just... Well, yeah, he did mention that they looked like they were in a trance, and that's what I can't get around. It's like when someone says someone is trance-like, you're not... It would take a lot for you to think someone is trance-like. Exactly. Especially if you don't know a person. Even more, right? Because you don't know a person, so you can't assume that their movements are trance-like. Because you're like, maybe they just move like that. But, but for, for a detective, like a seasoned detective, to look at someone and be like, that was trance-like, there's knowledge behind that. You know what I'm saying? I agree. 100%. Another obvious theory that has to do with Bobby's past with his father and... This one claims that Bob Dean killed his son. Okay. But this doesn't hold so much because Bob Dean died just two months after the family disappeared in December 2009. I could not find the reason for his death and other members of the family, like Bobby's uncle, say that although Bob Dean was admittedly disturbed, their words, (laughs) during that time that he did not believe Bob could have done this. Okay. So that was... It's just kind of interesting because, like, okay, he died two months after the family disappeared, but, like, 
doesn't mean he didn't kill them. Exactly. He was alive and kicking which, when they were dead. Which made me go so far into a hole of trying to find what was his cause of death. Because in my mind, I don't know, guilt equates to maybe a stroke or maybe yeah. suicide or something of that nature. But right. I just could not find anything. Interesting. Okay. The last theory posits that it was a murder-suicide. Okay. This theory has a bit more evidence behind it because as investigators take a closer look at Sherilyn's 11-page hate letter, okay. what they refer to it as, oh God. they find a quote from her saying, I would not wish my daughter to be raised in foster care because of you being in prison for attempted murder and her mother dead. Those are strong words. Word word. Yes, oh, wow. word for word, strong words. But this theory doesn't account for a murder weapon. Do you know what That's I'm saying? That's true. But because the medical examiner didn't have all of the parts, we don't know that they all died by gunshot. That is very true. And it's just me a migraine (laughs) over this case even more because we don't have all the pieces to put this together. Yeah. At all. Or, I mean, obviously this is absolutely crazy and it has no ground to stand on. No, tell me. I'll give it ground. Could there be a fourth person that maybe the husband asked to kill them all or like the wife asked to kill them all or, you know, who knows? Someone could have been hired to do it and get rid of the gun. That is very true. Or even a fourth person in the car. I mean, they had $32,000 to blow. Right, I'm thinking. But my thing is, though, if someone was hired to kill them all, wouldn't they take the money? I would. Oh, 100%. First thing I grab, honey, honey. And it's 2009. I take the cell phones. Right. Too. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm they they probably still had trackers on them. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Let's... But me and my haste, I would grab everything anyway. and get caught immediately. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, all of this is just theories that I believe held the most weight. Mm-hmm. But there are other theories that range from the family vanishing of their own accord and it going bad, which in devil magic because of the conversations Bobby had with his pastor. Oh, right. White supremacists. Hold on. What do you? Hold okay. on. Hold on. And even claims of Sherilyn being on a religious cult's hit list. Okay. In the disappeared episode about the Jamesons, Sherilyn's close friend claims to have gotten a phone call from a woman who was a part of a white supremacist group and that they had Sherilyn on their hit list, but... Oh, and, and she was just an enemy. In their bad graces. I don't okay, know. Sherilyn. Yeah, okay, Sherilyn. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love her little rap sheet. But that was the only thing I could find about this. No other really sources mention it, but I thought it was fun to put it in there and just put it out there because some people have those beliefs of spirits of witch and devil magic, so you never know. Interesting. Through all the speculation, investigators and the public were not holding back with looking into what or how a family could seemingly disappear and be murdered without a trace. Sheriff Beecham says, Normally you go through an investigation and one by one start to eliminate certain scenarios. We haven't been able to do that in this case. With this family, everything seems possible. Can I just stop you for a second? Yeah. Because I'm thinking, like, I mean, they had cell phones. It's 2009. So even if it was a drug deal gone wrong or, like... Or even if they were just drug dealers in general, I feel like the police would know that because they would have looked through their messages, they would have looked through their emails or whatever, and they would have found, you know, there's not, obviously while you're actively a drug dealer, you can manage to not leave as much of a trace, but when they're dead, 
and they were a drug dealer, with it, it's not like the traces of being a drug dealer are just eliminated. Wouldn't the police know that? I agree. I think they would have found some trail of, yeah, hey, of they something. were for certain drug dealers. Or, like, dealers. this person bought from them and this person is mad. There would be some sort of, like, trail, like it, like you said. Exactly. Beecham still believes the family fell victim to a murderer or were kidnapped and to this day still wants to uncover what happened to Bobby, Sherilyn, and Madison. So... What do you think happened to the Jameson family? I'll tell you what. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod, Twitter at the Chalkline Pod, and you can check out our YouTube channel. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.